complete for us a passage here, a story that you guys are familiar with. You've heard this story all the way from uh, from childhood. There's a part of this story that maybe you have not paid attention to, like me. When you think about Jonah, you're not thinking about someone in relation to anger. You're thinking about a guy that ran from God. And uh, But chapter 4 seems to give us a very, very different angle to the life of Jonah. And in verse 1 it says, But please Jonah exceedingly. Now, the part that we know about Jonah is when he got swallowed by the fish. Prior to that, he's tried to run away from God. And so when we think of Jonah, we think of a man that ran from God. We think of the fish. We think of uh, being swallowed for three days and being spat on dry ground. And, and beyond that, we don't seem to pay attention to the life of Jonah. Yet, it's interesting uh, when you think of the way this book ends. And now, all of this has ended in the first chapter, the second chapter. He's praying to God concerning the second chance he's been given. And then he actually goes ahead and speaks to these people of Nineveh. And they choose to repent. But look at Jonah's reaction here. Verse 1 says, It displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord... Is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? And uh, verse 3 says, Therefore now, Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. This guy is angry to the point of death. Take my life. But the Lord said to him, and the Lord said to him, Do you do well to be angry? Read for us from verse 5, Amanda, um, maybe up mm. to verse 8. All right. And it says, So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as morning dawned, the next day God prepared a worm and it damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it to grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left hand, and also March Cato. And there comes the end of the book of Jonah. Dramatic 
as it started, dramatic as it ends. <laughs> but it's interesting for us to think about this tonight, ladies and gentlemen, as we think about not letting the sun go down on our anger. Think about the attitude you had. Usually when you think of anger, it is someone did this to me, someone did this to me. And there's a history of that in the life of Jonah uh, because uh, the guys in Nineveh were not were enemies to, to the Jews. But And he wanted uh, God just to nuke them that day. And he sat back <laughs> to see this. At, 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 he got the front seat and expected all of this to take place. And he did not. And he's angry at God's being gracious and God's forgiving and God's being slow to anger. That's interesting for us to think about tonight. Uh, if you think about the story of Jonah, it's interesting. Uh, I'm sure most of us have fresh thoughts uh, our, uh, this evening in thinking about anger in to Jonah. But how do you deal with anger? What are some of the uh, principles that come to you when it comes to dealing with anger? Now, I must say, when I was thinking about Amanda this evening, She's always calm, her voice is always down, she never yells at anyone. <laughs> but um, it's definitely true that maybe I do not know Amanda that well. But I believe uh, that each one of us has experienced some level of anger. How have you dealt with it? How have you dealt with mm. it? What else comes to mind? Please share with us uh, what you think. Is that scripture true about you, not letting the sun go down when you're angry? What challenges do you face? Share with us your thoughts on how you deal with anger. We are waiting to hear from you this evening. No, I was just thinking maybe to break the ice. I mean, because you have said you've never seen me angry. Well, you've never, you've never been my son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, true. But, <laughs> but I do, and I guess the thing that the Lord is 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 teaching me through this season of raising boys is, um, you know, you look at James one nineteen, and you look at this Ephesians passage. Like anger, they don't say don't be angry. Mm. God gives the, the the authors the wisdom to say you will get. I mean, like it's assumed you will get angry, but as you face that anger, it's what you do with that anger and and mm. how you deal with it. Do you let the sun go down on that anger? Do you yell? Do you react so? I think it was it's it's been encouraging to me to see that God God knows our human nature we will get we we will get angry at some point but now it, it's like Terence has said take a moment take a breath pray and then react to the situation and I was I was thinking of Proverbs 19.11 it says the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression it's a powerful verse to help us I mean desiring that that slow to anger but Laura here is saying <laughs> unfortunately I'm strong I'm a strong and silent type um, I just get very quiet I just get very quiet and that, that's an attribute that I think is, is very difficult to find. Usually anger results to an explosion. Usually mm. we have an explosion. Mm. It's interesting to see that uh, being slow to speak is an attribute 
or a characteristic that we need to cultivate in each of our lives. Thank you so much for that, uh, Laura. Amanda, tell us, how was your day today? I know you had plans. <laughs> Were you angry at the weather today? Like Jonah. Oh, man. <laughs> I kept saying, really, we, all week it has not rained. And the only day we plan for the kids to go outside and play and have fun, it rains. And not just rain, it pours. So even if the rain has stopped, the place will be muddy. So, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I, w- I wish I could have Lucy call in right now and give us her thoughts. I but, know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's great to oh. think about these things and laugh about them because, because these emotions can uh, can lead us in the places we don't want to be at. Um, and so uh, let me see. Uh, Seth here is saying something that is really interesting. He said, I, I used to go silent, hide and cry. What? and cry but i noticed i don't heal so i have learned Mm. to calm down pray and talk about it it has actually brought me uh it has actually brought in great moments after oh this is oh it's not from sandy okay yeah (laughs) now it makes sense now it it makes sense now it makes sense okay (laughs) i was thinking what what is wrong with this guy? A man running and <laughs> hugging a pillow to cry. But now what's okay. wrong with that? <laughs> we go to a punching bag. We go boxing. <laughs> we go running. Not to pillows. Not to pillows. But thank you so much, Sandy. Um, it is true. I think sometimes to think about Sandy's thought here is being quiet um, alone. Um, I don't want to say we, we make noise about it, but being quiet alone and not addressing the issue can also be um, can also be dangerous in the sense that uh, over a long period of time, if it is not addressed, it can become something. But uh, it's great to see that we have the courage to actually talk about those things. We'll slow down on our speech, but we eventually get the courage to talk about those. But thank you so much, uh, Sunny. Amanda. Now, David, have you seen what Dowdy has written? <laughs> These boys. <laughs> Amanda, do you can't read for us Dowdy's comment. <laughs> yes. He says his problem is not anger, it's the people who make him angry. I think we are responsible for our feelings. Um, it's mm. true. Um, others may cause them, but it's our responsibility. What to do with that, what we do with that is our responsibility. Uh, Seth, you have, uh, you, have a, you have a voter here who is saying, one might to cry. Don't believe her, okay? <laughs> do not believe her. She's saying it's okay to cry. Laura mentioned something here and said, I explored in my own head. And uh, mm. that can be dangerous too. It is true. Thank you so much uh, for sharing that. It's true. We need mm. to address these issues. But how do we address issues that cause us to be angry? How do we address them? Um, I think it's it's a very difficult feeling, emotion to deal with. And I pray that tonight we'll be able to find some answers. Uh, well, I, I think Proverbs has a lot to say about anger. Um, another verse I was looking at was Proverbs 16.32. Uh, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. And I think it speaks to 
the effort that's required well effort means it's a, it's it's based on what you can do which it's not but um i think it speaks to the the importance of being able to handle your anger and turn it to the right place that it's even greater someone who can control their anger is even greater and more powerful than the person who can take a whole city i think that's powerful yeah i was thinking about jonah um you, you mentioned the city and my mind just went back to that um mm. just thinking about how um we lose perspective of what's important that the life of a city at this point is not important either because of what they did i was listening to tim keller um he he's a he's a great guy um in the way he expresses some of these very difficult topics um but i was thinking about listening to him and he mentioned something and he said there's a possibility yona was racist uh, in the sense that these people must not concerned so much about the individuals but the people that must die if i can put it that way either because of what they did or the historical background mm. beyond um, between these two uh, nations and groups of people but the concept of or the idea of wanting to die in the sense that you're saying i am angry enough to die god even asks him are you angry and says yeah i'm actually angry to the point of just take my life I have not understood I cannot comprehend that and it's usually they say that one reaching a point where they just don't see the purpose for living there's a possibility that God I mean God gives us purpose for living but at this point we are worshiping something that has been taken away from us that we do not see the purpose for living anymore and I'm thinking can anger lead us to a point where we do not want to live anymore and if that is true i think we need to think about who our god is because the god that has been described in this passage of jonah is one that is slow to anger and like you admitted and he said i knew i knew you you are a gracious god that's why i ran away hey usually we run to a gracious god but now we are saying i run away I run away. Interesting. Going along with what Florence has said that she used to keep quiet. I think it's been a common thread that many have seen the 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 wrong in keeping quiet. Um how it can build our anger. Um and I think talking about it as Brenda is asking is a huge thing um to deal with our anger. So, definitely looking forward to what Eddie has to share with us. Amen. I actually approached Eddie to talk about this topic tonight because I mean, just like I mentioned about Amanda, I've never seen Eddie angry. And uh I don't know <laughs> if I don't know if Eddie remembers. I don't know if you remember, but we met a lot. first time I saw Eddie. Eddie was so small. Okay, not that he's big now, but <laughs> he was so small. Uh, I remember we met uh what was that house uh in uh, what Mutundwe? I think it's in Mutundwe. Uh, where you yes, used to yes. live and uh, how mom used to make those very delicious cakes. Uh I think that no dad sorry. I think dad still does it still bake? Yes, he does. He does. Ah, I need to visit. I need to <laughs> no, visit. I, <laughs> I need to visit. That, that was that, that's the toughest ever made uh, Eddie and Grace was reminding me by the way of that time and she said she was fascinated at the fact that you listen to BBC as a hobby 
even then. And uh, <laughs> we're thinking, who listens to news? Who listens to news as a hobby? But now seeing what you're doing with the students and teaching this stuff like global perspectives and stuff like that is just amazing. You're doing a very good job, Eddie. Keep it up, keep it up. But you're welcome tonight to speak to us concerning this topic, Eddie. Let me ask Amanda to lead us in a word of prayer and then uh, we will have Mr. Edward E. All right, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, so much for this opportunity we have to get into your word and uh, just share together from all over. Um, just, just sharing your word and share in ways that we can improve an area in our life. And as Grace has rightfully said, um, that w- it will happen. We will get angry. So we need to prepare for it. And uh, so tonight, as Eddie speaks, may you help him to uh, just share your word uh, rightly and that we would all have open ears and that you would um, soften our hearts to just evaluate our lives and uh, seek ways that we can bring before you uh, this topic of anger. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amanda, and for everyone who's been able to tune in this evening. I made the point of inviting my wife to attend. She's in there somewhere sadly mm-hmm. listening because <laughs> I also fall quite short when it comes to this area. Um, I'm mm-hmm. glad at least someone has never seen me angry, but uh, I'm sure she has. And at least she'll hold my feet to the fire in terms of accountability with some of the things I share this evening. I'd just like to begin our time in James, James 1.19. I think it's a verse mm-hmm. we're very familiar with. James says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And I think verse 20 is the one that we don't focus on very often when we refer to James 1.19. Because it says that, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In other words, James is trying to suggest that there is very little in terms of pursuing righteousness that we can do as a result of that very negative emotion called anger. And it is a very, very normal emotion. When you go back to the beginning, um, the first conflict between people, I think, is recorded in Genesis 4. And it's between Cain and Abel. And if you just pick it up from verse 4, it says, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. And so Cain was very angry and his face fell. Many times when we're angry, I've discovered we always feel like we deserve better than we get. We're angry because someone has treated us in a way that we do not deserve to be treated. And uh, we'll get back to verse 7 later of chapter 4 of Genesis. But what happens with Cain here is that he expects God to accept his offering the way he had done for his brother. And when God does not do so, what happens? It says he was very angry. And his face fell. We know how that story ends and what that anger led Cain to. Fast forward with me to Luke 15. A very familiar story of the prodigal son. We know about a young man who went and just squandered all his property and everything that his father had given him in terms of inheritance. I just want to pick it up in verse 25. His older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. This is the celebration that uh, that came after his uh, younger brother returned home. In verse 26, he said, he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. 
and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. In verse 28, he says he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young God, but I might celebrate with my friends. Again, we see a picture of a young man, the older brother, who expects better. And he's angry because his father had never done any such thing for him, but he's doing it for this younger brother who had gone and squandered his wealth. So many times we get angry, yes, for reasons that are beyond our control, but a lot of it has to do with just what we expect from people around us. When we think of the world we live in, there's so much anger. We think of Black Lives Matter. A lot of it is rooted in anger. And yes, it's civil protest against racism and all this, but a lot of it is rooted in serious, serious anger. When you're driving on the streets in Kampala or just walking, you've got to be a special kind of person not to be angry at several things that are happening around us. But I remember in 2006, I think it was 9th of July, the World Cup final. And um, anger is really not just for the people who are let a little bit less known like you and I. It's, it's also for people who we look up to and idolize. One of the best, finest footballers I ever witnessed play was Zinedine Zidane. But Zidane's career ended in a fit of rage. In that World Cup final, he planted his head in someone's chest and he was sent off. And he cost his team the World Cup final. And so it's not something that is unique to just anyone. All of us struggle with it. It's an, it's, it's an emotion that's perfectly normal. And, and, and Paul puts it very accurately in Ephesians 4.26. He says, in your anger, do not sin. He does not say, like Amanda said earlier, do not be angry. He doesn't say that. He just says, in your anger, do not sin. And um, in Ecclesiastes, the writer says in chapter 7, verse 9, that we are to be slow to anger because it lodges in the bosom of fools. This slow to anger is, is a very common thread that ties across scripture, but it's also the character of God in Psalm 103, verse 8. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. So in our pursuit of godliness, in our pursuit of Christ-likeness, I think the theme of being slow to anger is one that fits very much with the rest of the things. Um, when you look at Proverbs 14, 29, it's another one that talks about anger. And you can refer to it later. But I, I told David that we know a lot about anger. We know it's a negative emotion. We know it's um, something that we all have to grapple with at some point. But talking about anger alone without talking about forgiveness, I think is quite empty because it's a little bit like uh, discussing sin without pointing to the redemptive work of the cross. So I would like to just turn the page and talk about forgiveness because if you think of come anger, it's, it's honestly a very hard thing sometimes. But I'd just like to share a very brief story about a young man called Botham Jean. The Black Lives Matter movement has been a thing for the last seven or eight years in America and spread across the world now. And on 6th September 2018, there was an off-duty cop in Dallas, Texas, a lady called Amber Geiger, and she walked into her apartment block. She lived on the 
third floor. But this evening she was quite tired and she walked all the way up to the fourth floor. And she walked into an apartment that was exactly like hers and found a young black man, 26-year-old accountant, seated on the couch eating ice cream and she just shot him. And she mistook his apartment for her own. She thought she was on the third floor. And she was in Botham Jean's house and she shot him in his own house. And everything that happened after that was to do with Black Lives Matter and so on. But his younger brother was 18 years at the time. He was a young man called Brandon Jean. And he, on the stand, testified, but he did not do so in anger like you'd expect. He actually said that he forgives Amber Geiger for what she had done. He said that he did not wish any evil upon her life. He did not wish any harm to come to her. In fact, he even wished she would not go to jail. But of course, the law had to take its course. And he actually requested the judge that he could hug her and just tell her and show her how much he forgave her for what she had done in killing his older brother. This for me was such a unique thing because when you think of everything to do with the world that we live in, a lot of it is about just rage and showing it. I saw a couple of, a, a video a couple of weeks ago and someone was at the petrol station. A young man came, was turning his car, he knocked him, the guy beat him to a pulp. Just anger. And so when you think of anger, we must be in the habit of forgiving. But this forgiveness indeed is something only God can allow us to. Many things will make us angry, many things will upset us, but our lifestyle has got to be one where we choose to forgive. Now that is much easier said than done. But when you think of some of the things mentioned about love in First Corinthians, that love is kind, love is patient, one of the things that love is not easily angered. We have to do good to all, as is mentioned in First Thessalonians 5.15. But as I close in the next few minutes, I'd just like to point us to Ephesians 4.31. Ephesians 4.31, Paul says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Those are things that we need to put away from our lives. But he suggests things that we need to put on in verse 32. He says, We are to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgive you. So what's the solution to anger? You can't run away from it and, and unless you go to heaven. Once you're this side of heaven, you've got to deal with anger somehow. You know, someone will upset you and for those of us who deal with students on a regular basis, we know about anger. We know about how these people can irritate us to a point and just make you say things sometimes. But pausing and just being slow to anger and what that means is something Amanda alluded to earlier. In Proverbs, it says, 16.32, that you are to rule over your feelings. Ruling over yourself is something that you need to actually um, be in the habit of or something that you, we need God's Holy Spirit to help us with, to be able to rule over our tongues, to be able to rule over our thoughts, and to be able to rule over our actions. That's the only way to be slow to anger. Just a couple of tips as I close. We should not brood over anger. When you go, literally, when Paul says, do not let the sun go down on your anger, I think he means it literally. Because when you go to bed and you're angry, you're going to think about it, 
and you're going to brood over it. Brooding is very much what a hen does over its eggs. It, it just warms them nicely and they become chicks. Eventually, when you brood over this anger, it will cause resentment, it will cause bitterness, and eventually you will end up having a very malicious attitude towards someone. He says we put away clamor, things to do with shouting at each other in the moment when we're angry. So verbal uh, expressions of anger, those outbursts. Um, and finally, things like slander. I think some, uh, Martin hinted on this on Wednesday. Just sometimes you're angry and you just want to go and say all sorts of negative things about someone. So while walking away sometimes will help, it's important that when you walk away, you consider forgiveness. You consider letting it go. Because if you don't let it go, you're going to think about it. And the more you think about it, the more you brood over it. So if you brood, if you brood over anger and heart, you need to be very careful. Because you might just be harboring bitterness. I remember Charles Spurgeon shared something very, in, in one of those famous quotes. He says that we should be, especially in discussions of theology, that we should use soft words and hard arguments. But too often we tend to reverse that. And we use hard words and very soft arguments. I requested David to play a song at the end of the sharing. A song by a guy called Kevin LeVar. It's called A Heart That Forgives. And for me, this song, even as you listen, if you could just look up the lyrics, it would be helpful. Just think on those words that he shares in that song. A heart that forgives is a heart that will indeed let go of things like anger. You're going to find it. You can run away from it. But it's always helpful to choose forgiveness. As God has forgiven us through Christ, we are to choose to forgive those who make us angry. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Edward. I have a question for Eddie, but I'll let Amanda go first. Uh, Amanda, what do you think about what Eddie has been talking about? No, I, I think it was very poignant in just bringing out um Okay, what the Bible says about anger, but but really the the step we need to take to to get rid of that anger, and um, I think it really spoke to. I mean, even as I shared about my boys at home, um, just looking at them, looking at each situation with the the grace that I've been given, and needing to to share that grace with them as well. Uh, to deal with my anger. So thank you, Eddie. If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to bed, before you go to bed, you can as well grow in your faith. Cabin Devils. Cabin Devils. Your number one live podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African time.